2: Hello, everyone. Welcome to Press This, the WordPress community podcast on Webmaster Radio. This is your host, David Vogelpohl. I support the WordPress community through my role at WP Engine, and I love to bring the best of the community to you here every week on Press This. As always, you can subscribe on iTunes, iHeartRadio, or Spotify, and of course, you can download the latest episodes at webmasterradio.fm. In this episode, we're going to be covering don't flying don't fly blind. Uh, how you can get meaningful feedback from clients. And joining us in that conversation is Alok Palai of Pastel. Alok, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me on, David. Awesome. We're really excited to get into this topic. I think it's super valuable. Um, Lots and lots of mistakes and pulled hair over getting bad client feedbacks. It's a really hot topic. Um, Before we start, I wanted to introduce a new aspect to the show. I'm going to do a quick shout out to those in the community doing hiring. So if you're looking for a cool company to work for, here's some of them hiring in the space right now. Web Dev Studios is looking for an engineer. WP Engine, the company I work for, is looking for an architect. Uh, 10up is looking for senior JavaScript engineers, and made is hiring web engineers. So lots and lots of engineering roles out there. Um, if you uh, are hiring yourself, uh, hit me up on Twitter, at WPDavidV, and let me know, and I might mention it on a future episode. Okay, now, with that out of the way, we're gonna talk about client feedback. A look, we're gonna dive right in, good? your insights into this, but before we do that, could you quickly tell me your WordPress origin story how did you get started on all this WordPress stuff?
3: Absolutely, so I went to university for graphic design, but um, I like to joke that I got my education on the internet. You know, so back in, back in 2006, I was always on SitePoint forums and learning from the WordPress community on building different things. And initially it was, uh, it was themes and that kind of thing. And that eventually gave me enough confidence to freelance in high school. And uh, that was a way for me to learn web design and development and the wordpress community has always been a huge supporter for how i got to learn a lot of this stuff and generally it's, it's been um it's it's there are a lot of uh, enterprising and inspiring people um envato from australia was a huge company that um, that inspired me to learn a bunch of this stuff they had a lot of tutorials and that kind of thing so naturally gravitated towards those stories and the progress from indie developers uh, which eventually got me to get my hands dirty a little bit and Build something for freelancers and agencies. Many years later,
2: awesome. So, is is you got your education on the internet? Is that how you describe it on your resume? <laughs> no, Hello? I use the companies, oh, the
3: companies that I work at a little bit more. But a lot of the tutorials, you know that that were floating on blogs, that was a huge huge helping hand for me to get a get a leg up on design and dev.
2: All right, cool. It sounds like you have a lot of hands-on experience with customers, so that's helpful, but you have a current uh, role now and you're working with Pastel. That's uh, right. so just from a high level. Could you let everybody know what Pastel does and why it's relevant to this conversation?
3: Sure. So Pastel is a website feedback tool that enables designers and developers to gather feedback right on the website itself. So imagine typing in a URL and turning any website that you're working on into an interactive canvas to get comments from clients or your teammates. And since we launched, uh, we've helped freelancers and agencies kind of double their speed in the feedback process. And that avoids, you know, um, unnecessary revisions that come from vague feedback.
2: All right. Well, that's super helpful. Having run an agency myself in the past and struggled with, you know, how to get feedback from clients, it sounds uh, super helpful. Thanks for sharing that. And of course, super relevant to our conversation today around Mm -hmm. client feedback. Um, and you know, it's such an interesting topic and so many people have, you know, their own philosophy and way of working, um, in, in what they think is valuable or not valuable. Um, and I'm sure pastel kind of does it in in your way, but just from the high level, like what is your personal philosophy with client feedback? Like, how do you, how do you think about it as a whole?
3: Yeah. So first off, having a well thought out experience for clients, Um, is the first thing, right? So clients come to freelancers and agencies armed with their domain expertise and their customer insight. And they trust the freelancers, the agencies, uh, in the process to have solutions created for them. So having a well-thought-out experience for your clients is the biggest thing you can personally control. And when the client feedback process seems unprepared or undocumented, it can highlight inexperience and it can dilute your brand. So for designers and developers, on the flip side, our jobs get a whole lot easier when the feedback is clear and organized. Um, so I would try asking asking yourself what a good client experience looks like. Um, what's the uh, best way for me to learn about their business? Might be a question to ask, or is it uh, a in-person chat to set the tone, or is it a questionnaire to get the under, uh, baseline understanding of their business? and maybe it's an hour long whiteboarding session to learn more about their project, right? So slowly you get to brand different aspects of how you deal with the client experience and understand that the process is your product. So you can iterate on this. Um, and I'll talk a little bit more about that um, a later as well. But asking specific questions uh, as well, right? So asking a client, what do you think of the design uh, can open yourself up to a lot of vague feedback. So, and if you do get big feedback, asking what, what do you like and what do you dislike and how would you improve it might be different ways of getting more clarity
0: from the feedback.
2: Yeah, it's funny you mentioned the word client experience, user experience, like multiple times in that response. And I think if I sat a hundred people down and asked them that same question, they would start with, oh, you have to have this kind of questionnaire structured in this way, trying to derive this kind of information. It was funny to hear you didn't really go there right away. You, you kind of started with the experience as your product kind of philosophy. And I think that's really interesting because I think so much of us get bogged down in the quagmire of, I need to ask this exact kind of question or mm-hmm. the style of question I ask, but not thinking about it like, hey, a lot of these people just have never done this before and are bad at it. And sure. providing them a better experience
3: is the service you're providing them. Absolutely. So you can, that can be a very standardized set of steps or questions that you ask, or it might be your twist on it might be making it it very informal. And, um, you know, that's something that you can, you can spin and uh, that's your own style that you can develop.
2: Yeah, we see that a lot with our internal teams here at WP Engine, where we'll have super sophisticated uh, stakeholders and less sophisticated, uh, less sophisticated stakeholders, and it's completely different feedback experience for both sets.
3: Right, right. Um, and it's it's at the end of the day, it's making the client comfortable, right? Um, for them to give you that level of feedback that you need in order to make the iterations and uh, make the projects uh, run as smoothly as possible.
2: So. Like another question I have on this and, you know, having done this quite a bit, if experienced it both ways, but like, you know, there's kind of this notion of, you know, don't let the client see the sausage making, you know, wait for the big reveal. Um, And then the counter of that is ask for feedback every 10 seconds. So how do you think, like, how often should people at Pete, be asking for feedback is it like during you know slide iterations at the end of the sprint the big reveal like what what what's the right mix
3: yeah it's a fine line and it's a tricky thing to answer right like when you have less feedback um, you might end up building something that doesn't connect with customers um, their customers and if you have too much feedback it makes creation much harder like it makes the actual process more difficult um, but I think a good rule of thumb is For smaller projects, every check-in is an opportunity to comment, and every check-in is also a reminder to clients to see what they asked for and what was explored by yourself or your team, Um, and that way you can start to build a little bit of that accountability and uh, show the path that you've explored um, throughout your process. for longer projects, you know, standardizing to a week or two week kind of a sprint cycle makes a lot of sense. It's uh, consistent. It um, also gives you a chance to do a retrospective at the end of the end of the week to improve the process for the next week. Um, so you know, it it uh, provides a good good level of cadence.
2: So it's interesting because as I think about that, like winding back to your earlier responses around the experience of feedback being part of your product. And then thinking about like, well, how could I layer that into my normal development workflows? Your points mm-hmm. on the retrospective, like that's a good time to, to maybe elicit feedback and to loop your client into that. And, yeah. and many teams op- operate in this agile motion, but the client has no idea what agile is or why that matters or who cares, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so it's almost like how can you merge those two experiences so your dev team can still have sanity and know what's coming and be planful, um, but your clients can also participate in thats that. Is that Loosely how you think about those things?
3: Yeah, I think there's um, there are different variations of how you can get them to Give your opinion give their opinion on the process to improve the actual development process, and then there's the actual feedback on uh, the work itself. So if you can separate those two things out, and then then it's really looking at what the client likes. Do they like to get a little bit more technical and fix the process, or do they just want to see the deliverables? Um, That really comes down to you getting a sense of what the culture of that client is like right is it a very hands-on kind of approach or are they very results driven
2: time to plug into
1: a commercial break stay tuned for more press this in kind of just a moment
2: or um, after our break and so what, what if you had
4: access quick to, break. to we'll analytics right from the most visited sites on the web think about real-time sales and signups from amazon and netflix stats and engagement from slack and hubspot all on one patented platform that's nacho analytics Nacho is perfect for details on your product design and development, instant for influencer info, and fantastic for real-time financial figures. Level the playing field today for your business with Nacho. What are you doing? All this nacho talk got me hungry. Level the playing field today for your business with Nachoanalytics.com. Seriously? Or
5: It passes before it's noticed. A slight rising of the eyebrows, a widening of the eyes. It may be accompanied by an almost imperceptible inhalation. The heart adds a beat like a quiet exclamation point on the experience. Within a tenth of a second, the reaction has passed, but not without leaving its mark. Someone found what they're looking for. Does your website deliver impulses to act? It can. Intended Consequences is the podcast for digital marketers who see their job as changing hearts and minds. If you're frustrated, bored, or in a rut, it's time to spread your wings with me, Brian Massey, and my guests. Find out how successful, curious, creative, and data-driven marketers are making a difference on purpose. Visit IntendedPodcast.com or find us where you get your podcasts. Intended Consequences – Marketing on purpose.
4: There are over 70 million active podcast listeners in the U.S. Webmasterradio.fm reaches them all with the largest global distribution of any online business to business podcast network. We can target and place your message in front of those active listeners immediately. Now, your message can be delivered with less commitment and investment on over 20 hours of weekly original content hosted by the most respected names in digital marketing thanks to an exclusive private offer available for a very limited number of companies. But you must act fast. Email brasco at wmr.fm and get your message delivered
1: now. Let's press forward with more Press This, only
2: on webmasterradio.fm. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Press This, the WordPress community podcast on Webmaster Radio. This is your host, David Vogelpohl. I'm interviewing Alok of Pastel, a client feedback platform, and Alok is sharing his tips around getting the best feedback from your clients. Right before the break, Alok, you were sharing that, hey, you know, kind of, tailoring how you um, elicit feedback from customers. And we also talked a little bit about kind of this notion of technical and non-technical stakeholders. Right. Um, so how do you think about like, how do you go about that? Like, how do you know, like which customers do you lean in on and ask for more detailed feedback? Which ones do you take a step back from? And then how do you manage these different flows without like overwhelming your dev team?
3: Yeah. Um, I would personally have, think about having a standardized version and uh, of a a feedback process. So you can kind of think about what your ideal customers are for your consulting business, whether you're a freelancer or an agency, and see what clients react to in different feedback rounds. Um, Since you have different milestones that you're hitting, those are opportunities for you to reassess how you are taking them through um, different versions and different variations of things. And If some clients appreciate a little bit more detail, um, you can iterate on that and and show them the progress and control the language a little bit so that you can use uh, more technical language in in future rounds. Um, the, The goal is to make the client a partner and make them feel comfortable enough to give candid feedback and ask the right specific questions so you can get clear feedback.
2: So it's not really a matter necessarily of like dumbing it down for non-technical uh, stakeholders. It's it's also educating them into what you're doing. Is that a roundabout
3: yeah. what you're saying there? Exactly, exactly. So if you are using a lot of technical speak and um, it ends up um, not hitting the right note, then you can kind of re-engineer how you are presenting um, presenting the process some clients I from my personal experience and from studios I've, I've talked to um, there is a level of appreciation for seeing uh, all the process that went into let's say a design sprint right seeing all the concepts that have been explored because um, that gives an opportunity to go back uh, a few steps and reassess some of the some of the concepts maybe to create a hybrid approach of uh, two concepts that uh, a studio is exploring um, on the other hand, clients, some clients appreciate the simplicity of three concepts and, um, that to them is uh, not a headache of a, of a, of a task to give feedback and giving feedback is already a very daunting task. Uh, you want to give, you know, clients want to give clear, concise feedback, but they're trying to process what they think as well as what their customers would want. So, um, there's a lot of things to juggle when giving comments, so that's that's something that you know uh, um, freelancers and agencies we have a we have something to tackle and something that we should consider.
2: I like your points around like, hey, am I, my, am I choosing customers one that kind of fit with my mo- model and the kind of feedback I would expect or want relative to the how I how I do it, but also to kind of tailor that. And, and bring the customers up to speed in terms of how you operate. I also like the tip around you know this notion of are they providing incremental feedback, or is it kind of here's three options and you tell us which approach you like best to simplify that decision for them. Yeah. Um, and we we talked also a little bit about this this notion of education and definition. You know, am I using technical terms? Am I using um, terms they're not familiar with? Am I making it hard for them to digest the information and provide good feedback? I'm just curious, like do you th- how do you think about like that that notion even of defining terms like even in the beginning i remember back to my agency days we got halfway through with a project everybody was agreeing everybody was giving great feedback it was going fantastic right. and we discovered halfway through that the definition of one word was different in our mind than their mind and it was a slight right. variant but it was critical to the project and we'd gone the completely wrong direction and had to kind of unwind everything and it was difficult for the client it was difficult for us if we just defined that word a little better in the beginning it would have been a much better outcome so like you, you, you like do a definitions sheet in the beginning like how do you think about like getting 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 on top of that before you get halfway through
3: yeah that's fascinating i mean just uh, you're, you're absolutely right. There, there might be a lot of lingo that um, has assumed connotations for each, each party. Um, so getting, getting all that clear um, up front in a beginning kickoff. I, I actually think the kickoff meeting is so important to get a sense of how each party understands uh, the landscape of what they're going to tackle. So getting on the same page with that. Um, And if you if you find that a lot of your clients are very diverse in their styles, maybe it's a force and function to think about what clients you actually want to take on. Right. Um, Initially, when I was freelancing as a designer, um, I had this hard task of working with really big clients, enterprise clients or startups Each have their own set of processes and um, there are cultural quirks to each kind of uh, corporation. So getting to know them a little bit more um, might make you want to, as an agency or a freelancer, just dedicate all your resources to helping one kind of audience. And that further enhances the client experience because you've chosen um, and made trade-offs for uh, serving one audience really, really well.
2: You know, I think that's such an interesting point. You know, I think as I think about design projects, um, my advice is often think about what the visitor was doing right before they arrived on that thing you're designing. Get inside their head, get inside their space, understand what they were reading, what their life is like, what their business is like, Mm -hmm. and then design that thing. And it sounds like you're kind of translating that notion loosely mm-hmm. to the um, feedback process or just even the client selection process. Like mm-hmm. I know startups have, wear a lot, people at startups wear a lot of hats. I know people at enterprises have to get things approved and go through um, accounting for very specific things and they operate in a different way. Um, and it sounds like by, by getting inside that head and being comfortable with it, you don't always have to do all this context switching, which might make it hard to do your job
3: exactly and, and you've chosen a set of uh, processes to run the customer through so you're more confident of that and the pitch process becomes easier um i think a mental model of trying to think about a client experience like you own a storefront is kind of a fun and a helpful one right if you have a storefront and you're setting up the process and the language on the board and um, that makes the customer experience better when someone walks through the door and Similarly, for um, you know, uh, consulting services, we can do the same thing. The storefront is the website, and the minute they start talking to you is the uh, sales pitch and what, what the promises are. So the, that kind of a comparison helps um, set the tone and, and uh, also gives you more confident things to pull at for um, when, you're, when you're trying to decide crucial things in the client experience.
2: So what do you think about like educating clients on giving feedback have you seen people do like training material onboarding videos that kind of
3: thing yeah so I've seen um, studios send onboarding videos for uh, specifically for tooling using tooling and the types of questions to ask um, ask yourself when you're giving uh, different types of comments um, I've seen that with pastel customers and uh, different types of studios as well. I think that that helps uh, make the feedback more clear and, and concise. Um, and I think it's a great idea for for freelancers kind of adopt that as well.
2: Yeah, I bet you that I bet you that saves a ton of time later, just in terms of them giving you know inefficient feedback and kind of stumbling through meetings and stuff. Yeah. Um, I know in my agency days, we spent a decent amount of time training customers on it. Our our tooling and feedback processes were, um, not super intuitive, intuitive for the novice. And so that was, that was often a challenge, you know, to get Mm -hmm. them to understand how to give that feedback and to do it uh, in an efficient and meaningful way. Um, but I, it, it, it seems like a little effort in the beginning could go a long way to delivering, you know, that additional value, uh, later on when you're getting that client feedback from those customers.
3: Absolutely. Uh, and a metric to kind of look at is um, how much time do you spend handholding in the process, whether it is a Skype call or an in-person visit to help educate um, different parts of the process. Those are all uh, areas of improvement that you can, you can facilitate through processes or onboarding videos um, for the next time around for another client or the same client.
2: I think that's something not very many people think about. And I think thinking about that through the lens of your process is your product those interactions with you is Mm -hmm. the product not necessarily that end thing you build Um, and making that onboarding process part of that makes all the sense in the world
3: absolutely
2: Um, I got more questions for you specifically around data and client feedback Um, so what we're going to do is we're going to take a quick break and we'll be right back
1: time to plug into a commercial break stay tuned for more press this in just a moment
4: all right, guys, I want you to come up with an ad for a patented platform that lets you see any company's analytics accounts. I'm talking Amazon, Tesla, Netflix, etc. You know, see their sales and stats in real time. It's called Nacho Analytics. Tim? Nacho, regular analytics company. Charlotte.
0: You can tap into analytics of major companies that don't want you to know how they're performing.
4: Right. And you can also check the traffic and engagement for any influencer on any platform across all platforms. Tim. Okay. Let us help you grow your business. Bailey.
0: So it helps you jump ahead in the concept and development stages so you can build your product better and ahead of schedule.
4: Absolutely. Nacho Analytics lets you see anyone's analytics in real time. Tim. You'll be wondering, where has this company been my whole life?
3: Tim! Sorry. Sales,
0: subscribers, and stats all in one place, and the data is totally anonymous.
3: Holy
4: guacamole, that's good stuff. Ah, now you have me making puns.
1: Let Nacho Analytics level the playing field. What will you do when you can lift the curtain on the internet? NachoAnalytics.com
4: the Web Marketing Association is now accepting entries into the 2019 International Web Award Competition. Sign up now at www.webaward.org. Web Award winners receive an image plaque, certificate of achievement, higher visibility for your company, valuable feedback from our expert judges, and links to your site from the highly ranked Web Awards site. And winners go to? Well, you'll have to see for yourself. You can't win if you don't enter. Deadline for entries is May 31st, 2019. Go to webaward.org and sign up today.
5: Rankings. Let top SEOs give you peace of mind. TopSEOs.com, the independent authority on search vendors.
1: Let's press forward with more. Press this only on Webmaster Radio.
2: FM. Well, everyone, welcome back to Press This, the WordPress community podcast on Webmaster Radio. This is your host, David Vogelpohl. I'm interviewing a loke of pastel about client feedback strategies. How do you get awesome feedback from your clients? Out pulling your hair out. Um, Alok, right before the break, you were exploring a little bit about all the different flavors of um, client feedback in terms of people's, you know, technical ability, um, the onboarding experience, kind of this process as a product notion. And I want to get into the data piece of client feedback. And I think for me and what I've observed, this is actually a pretty rare thing. Um, for designers and developers to to, to do and redesigns and things like that. Um, so I just want to kind of understand how, how you think about that. Um, do you think doing things like, say, your website performance data, like as you make things, is it making the site faster or slower? Do you feel like that's an important kind of metric to discuss in terms of, you know, the workflow and the client feedback? Is is this like if they're like, oh, I need these huge images on the homepage and you're like, well, you know, speed might be an issue. Is this an area where you think like during the development process that is important to include that in the client feedback loop?
3: Absolutely. I think uh, the sooner you can create um, lighter prototypes, you get to face these kind of challenges and have these kind of tough conversations early on so that you don't waste waste time and revisions um, later on. You know, And once the prototypes get to medium fidelity, you can even get customer feedback, their customer feedback, right, um, to ground it in reality. Because the problem is that sometimes you just start creating in a vacuum. And um, you, you know, user-generated content is is one of those one of those areas that usually gets bucketed in this. So this is where you're designing a website and you're expecting the customers to fill in data. Uh, and designers and developers, we we end up using the best high-quality photos. And um, you know, when it's actually in in, in uh, real-time use, it's um, it's much lower quality, and it, the design might not have accommodated for that. Um, so, and if you're if we're lucky enough, we get to work on a project uh, where you get uh, real feedback right after you launch. So usage feedback, um, trying to uh, s- simulate that earlier on in the process um, gets you validation and stronger approval for all your concepts. So if you can involve customers of your clients in the process in some meaningful way. It might be as light as a survey or it might be just feedback that you pass around that becomes your ammunition and also you you're more uh, confident presenting your your concepts because it's been tested and against uh, their customers insights. So it acts as great validation for uh, major user experience decisions.
2: Okay, so getting that feedback early and often is helpful and certainly from say the page speed or performance perspective, if you're showing those iterations in between, There's not this big reveal at the end with all this bloated stuff and the customer's like, why is this thing slow? It's helpful to kind of get that out of the way early. Okay. Last super quick question. Um, Interesting data point from a friend of mine works at Optimizely from a company. She used to run 80% of AB tests. The B fails to beat the A. And so you might imagine for a second that 80% of redesigns fail to increase conversions in value. Um, What value do you see in getting, um, say, sales or conversion-based data uh, after the project ends? Is it worthwhile to keep measuring that from the designer developer's experience? And how do you think about that in the client
3: feedback loop? Absolutely. That's, That's a huge part of it. Just getting um, that is your validation for if your project has been successful, um, and if your process uh, of dealing with that, um, those two variants, um, is, is something that you can you can turn into a case study, right? Those those that becomes valuable assets for you as a as a, consult, a consultant or an agency.
2: And it's valuable information, I think, because if you, do, you know, make, if you do make a change and it doesn't have a positive effect, it's your job to make the change, to measure that, and help the client reach their success. It's okay to not be successful every time,
3: mm-hmm.
2: but it's your duty to measure that and to deliver that value to the customer. That's the way I think about it. What about you, look?
3: Yeah, similarly. I mean, um, that's, that's real uh, feedback that you're getting from the market, and um, you can you can structure your future revisions and future rounds from that from the valuable data
2: awesome well this was super helpful for me i definitely learned a lot and having you know beat my head against the desk on client feedback and getting the wrong feedback and making mistakes i know it's super super um helpful to get that dialed in so thank you so much for joining us today look thank you david Awesome. If you'd like to learn more about what Aloka's is up to, you can check out usepastel.com, the client feedback platform. Um, thanks everyone for listening to Press This, the WordPress community podcast on Webmaster Radio. As always, you can subscribe on iTunes, iHeartRadio, Spotify, or download the latest episodes at webmasterradio.fm. Again, this has been your host, David Vogelpohl. I support the WordPress community through my role at WP Engine, and I love to bring the best of the community to you here every week on Press.